to a, uh, we'll call this our annual, yearly, maybe, uh, special edition of Mike Chuck. This is episode seven. With us, we have NSA Assistant Director Ron Higdon, who's in charge of wrestling, along with, well, we'll go with tennis and soccer. Um, but this is a high school wrestling podcast. Am I missing anything else? Tennis, soccer. Wrestling dad. Tennis, soccer, wrestling, sports medicine, student oh, leadership. That's right. A few other things. Forgot about other, that. Other duties is assigned. Yeah. Wrestling I, dad, softball dad. Definitely, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can we, so as we're recording this now, so um, I want to, we need to recap last week and everything that happened, but I think the only thing that really matters is me uh, kicking Chuck's ass on the wrestling mat. So you were there coach Higdon. I need your very um, unbiased opinion of uh, our performance. Um. <laughs> surprising that you're willing to get out there and put it on the line both of you so impressive in that regard i don't know that i would that do was, it. that was about the only thing that was impressive <laughs> let's be honest fun it was entertaining <laughs> it was entertaining uh, i had a mike, big smile on my face the whole time mike you have to get that video where we you can see coach higdon in the background just belly laughing <laughs> yeah that was <laughs> just from the depths. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I will say this, Chuck, you are, uh, you're stronger than I anticipated, but you also outweigh me by 40 pounds that are nine years younger than me. Um, allegedly. So <laughs> allegedly you're the one that said, so <laughs> I, I will say, you know, respect to you for, you know, probably popping at least your meniscus in the first 30 seconds, maybe 20 seconds or five. Uh, I thought he lost an eyeball too or something. Yeah. The guy clawed my eyeball. <laughs> I did not. So he did the Ric Flair where you, you scrape him. Wasn't he, that wasn't even the case. I didn't okay. do anything illegal. I, we got to the edge of the mat. I circled in. You did not. Um, all that stuff. I almost got homered. I mean, after well, enough, the, enough talking about this. Let's get, let's get to the oh, questions. You don't, you don't want to I just figured. I don't want to. I'm still salty, (laughs) (laughs) but Hey, no, all honesty. It was a, it was a great night for wrestling. It was a very good duel. Um, It was a really cool atmosphere in there. And it's something that the dirty Eagles kids uh, will remember forever. I know those Gretna kids will probably remember that for quite a, quite a long time. And uh, the central kids will remember that. So it was a great night to promote wrestling. Yeah, it was. And that was obviously the goal of the show is to do that. And to um, in that event in particular, we wanted to raise a little money for Dirty Eagles. And we did that and promote uh, wrestling in downtown Omaha in that area. So um, that's exactly, I think, what we did and, and be able to help get some USA wrestling cards for some kids and, and do that's that. Right. So um, that's what it was. OK, let's get to the guts a little bit. So, Coach Higdon, what, what has changed uh, in wrestling in the last year? What's, what are the biggest things that, that have changed that you see? Um, well, I think that the, the top of that list is going to be girls wrestling and the explosion of the participation numbers with regard to how many teams there are, how many schools are um, registered for girls wrestling. And, and really uh, over the last three to four years, that continues to be um, – how to exceed expectations is probably the best way I can do it. Every, 
every turn they exceed expectations. The quality is getting better. Um, and I think that uh, we're going to continue that trend for a little while, maybe not to the numbers that we've seen over the last couple of years. I mean, we doubled uh, last year was a double number. And then this That's year awesome. was probably another 80% increase in the total number of participation. And, you know, the, the great thing about it is we're giving opportunities to um, young ladies that are, we're, we're not taking them from something else. We're not, we're not taking them from swimming. Uh, most of the time we're not taking them from basketball, but uh, we're giving a, a, a group of people that were not really participating in winter sports an opportunity. And I think that that's a fantastic thing. Uh, we are going to continue to promote them and give them uh, the best that we can, the same opportunities and the same things that we give the boys, which is at times it's going to be difficult. And as those numbers grow, it's going to become more difficult to, to match what we do for the boys, for the girls, because inevitably they're going to grow to the point where uh, we are probably not going to be able to house them in the same tournament at CHI. That's going to be a difficult task, which means uh, a lot of things. And we have to look at that um, as we build and build those numbers and the things progress to where we need to look at making some more changes because of those, because of that growth. Go ahead, Chuck. With that growth, I mean, you kind of alluded to it where, it's uh, this pace can't sustain, right? You know, eventually it's going to plateau. Um, but how close do you think we are to getting to that two class system in girls wrestling right now? Because it is, it, like you said, it's doubled. The, yeah. the numbers have doubled this year. Well, I think that that's something that that, that I don't make the decision on. Uh, we have a committee that we have wrestling people involved, and uh, we also have administrators involved because it's sometimes. Uh, what we want as as coaches, and I'm speaking as a former coach, what we want as coaches is not exactly what is feasible on the administrative side. So you got to have a mix and you got to know when is the right time to do that. And I'll just give you what our numbers are currently. I mean, our class D numbers for boys are between eight and 900 total participation numbers. Our participation in class um, C is about 1100 class a is between 12 and 1300 and class uh, b is our largest and it has between 13 and 1400 our girls are right in the middle uh, just just barely breaking 1200 Mm. and so 800 is probably we don't want to go any lower than that in fact that's probably on the low end of where we want to be so you're talking about uh, 900 between 900 and 1,000 is a great number for a class. So at 1250, that number needs to be. Um, I, I would say the conversation starts when they get to 17, 1800, uh, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's going to happen next year. The problem with it is, in order to make those changes, there's a lot of planning that has to go into it. And when you talk about the amount of work that goes into um, planning for a state championship, planning for districts, planning. You have to look at um, our entire season because right now the girls have a district uh, qualifying tournament, then they have a week off, and then the boys have their district tournament while the girls have a week off, and then we have our state championship together. If the girls are going to be on a different week, 
uh, different weekend, then we got to look, is that going to be before? Is that going to be after uh, the length of season for the girls, the number of competitions? You have to have some equality with that, which means that we would look at changing uh, our state dual date. We would change. We could probably change our state qualifying tournaments for girls date. We'll change our state qualifying tournament for boys date. We're locked in right now with the contract with CHI for a few more years. And so that date for boys is going to stay the same. So we got to really restructure everything else on the other ends of it to see how that works. And to, to tell you the truth, I don't know what the right answer is. There's options that we have. The other part of it is um, if you have two classes of girls in CHI, is that the kind of atmosphere that you want? Um, maybe, maybe not. Maybe you want to go to a smaller venue where you have a little bit more atmosphere and maybe you do want them in CHI, which means you have to plan that for three or four years out because of contractual agreements that they have with other people. We don't own that facility. Right. I mean, so they have, they're always trying to get new people in creating basketballs, an obstacle. Uh, if you go to Baxter arena, you have men's and women's basketball and hockey and giving up a consistent weekend on a yearly basis for them is going to be difficult. Um, you talk about maybe Ralston Arena in Omaha. Um, that also has some challenges. And then you talk about maybe the Grand Island Event Center in Grand Island. And their schedule itself is built out two or three years out. I mean, they have a, a, a rodeo. They have girls, they have girls um, cheer and dance championship on the same weekend as boys uh, wrestling. And, and that's always been the case ever since I've been at the NSA. And then the week um, after that, I think they have a standing rodeo that they have every year. And so then we talk about swimming championships because we bump heads with swimming championships. So there's a huge discussion that takes place when you, it's not just, okay, we're going to have second class um, because it's not, it's not that easy. Right. And I know that people think it might be, but it's really not. And I, I don't know that there's a, a better, bigger advocate for girls wrestling than me, but as, at the same time, when you talk about uh, administrative decisions, you have to be smart about it because the last thing that we want to do is maybe make some decisions that are too fast and then like regret the direction that we went. So we really calculated. We have a lot of discussion with it. And sometimes people are not happy with it. And, and I'll, I'll be honest, if we don't go to two classes by next year, which is what people want, I'm going to take the brunt of the, of the criticism. But at the same time, I don't know that that's where we will land. The other part of it is timing because we really won't know those girls numbers until November mm. or December because of the alpha testing. Right. Well, then the schedule's already made for that year. So you almost, you're almost like a year behind. It's like legislation. It, it takes a year to make it happen. We've fast tracked a lot of the decisions that we made on the girls because of the number of, schools that got involved as soon as we um, sanctioned it and and we've made some some decisions on the fly which is uncommon we don't normally do that at the nsa we usually it takes a little bit longer to do that so we've we've come a long way and we have a little bit further to go but i think it's going to be a little slower than some people want and that's going to be um tough on some people but that's that's reality mm. but if if you rush it, it is a huge disservice to the girls. Yeah, and you in, uh, agreed with that. But you also have to look at – you don't want to negatively affect the boys either. You know, right. you, you have to take that – we have grown uh, the viewership and the fans of wrestling in the state of Nebraska for the last – 
every year for 10 years straight. COVID was like a hiccup, but we, we barely took a step back in COVID. And so um, this is my 11th year. We have uh, nine of the top 10 attendances in the history of, of NSA wrestling in that time frame. And the only time that's in, it's like number nine or 10 right now, was the first year was in Omaha. And if you take the COVID year and we had a regular year, we would probably have knocked that out. Yeah. So this year, without a doubt, we're going to we're gonna break another record. Uh, we're already sold out for our semifinals and finals. There's no tickets to the general public. Everything got allocated to our schools, uh, which is fantastic. But I will say um, we've never turned anybody away. We have the ability to sell standing room only tickets for those seats that are not taken for people that um, purchase tickets and then their kids don't qualify or they purchase tickets and their kids don't make the semifinals or finals. And they're like, I've been here for three days. I'm not going to go to the last sessions. So there's seats to be had and we're able to sell those standing room only tickets. The problem with that is we can only do that at the time of the session because it's go, but goes on scan. Like how many people have we scanned in so far? Okay. We can have, you know, 300 more. Let's scan them in. Let's see where we're at. You know, so CHI does a fantastic job of that and they, they accommodate as much as we can. Uh, and as I said, we have yet to turn somebody away that was at the door wanting to get in to watch wrestling. Mm. Is it part of the back to the girls discussion and changing in two classes and different locations? I mean, there's there's also Title IX stuff you you got to have in mind, too. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, you know, if you're in a smaller arena versus a bigger one and it's kind of does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's 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 a great point. And and so we have to get some input. We have to get some input from our our member schools and say, all right, what do you want? What do you really want? And then maybe they say, uh, we want to have our own thing. We want to, we want to have our own uh, championship at a championship venue. We try to, at across the sports, we try to be in some of the, we try to be at the best venues that we have to offer. Um, But uh, that's not always feasible sometimes. Um, But on the girl side, um, there's a lot of discussions and a lot of decisions that have to be made and they have to be made like at minimum a year in advance. Um, And as you build, you're you're making changes and you're looking towards the future. And when you're talking about those large venues, we have multi-year contracts with them. Mm -hmm. And so if you're looking at, you know, what are we going to do next? Uh, I don't know what the answer to that is, but I I think that, um, I, I live with it every day. I mean, it's on my mind every day at work. Every day I get a call or a phone call or an email talking about, hey, what's this, what's that? So uh, not that I'm losing sleep about it, but I dream about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's on my mind a lot. There, in, on, on that note, what it, they would have to go out for bid. There's a major process. It's not like you guys. I think a lot of people, uh, just fans in general, uh, don't understand that there's like a bidding process and yes. like the N- the NSAA doesn't just say, okay, we're going to put it here. No, the, the basically convention visitors bureaus have to um, apply basically and, and put a bid in to host, whether it be tennis, basketball, whatever, doesn't really matter. Um, wrestling, all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Typically that that's usually the case because communities do want it. I mean, right. That, that's a huge economic impact for, for right. any community bringing it in. I mean, even a district wrestling tournament is, is a pretty good bump. Our, mm-hmm. our state cross country meet is a one day, uh, not, not even half of them probably stay the night, but it's a huge economic boom for uh, Kearney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So yeah, those communities want it. And we have to really um, weigh that with, all right, title nine, uh, what's best for the girls, what's best for the boys. I mean, and try to get a balance with that. And that's, that's not always easy and that's not always popular. Mm-hmm. Um, some people will be happy. Some people won't. Uh, we're never going to make everybody happy. Right. Coach, as a, uh, a fan of wrestling around Omaha, I, uh, and I'm a nobody, but I'm going to suggest that we stay as far away from that arena and Exarbon as possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I haven't, um, <laughs> I haven't frequented that place. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure of the name of it even to be honest yeah. with you. <laughs> okay. So let's move on a, just a little bit. Right. So we, we talked about girls wrestling the future for, you know, 15 minutes and all that. So let's discuss kind of state duels that's coming up uh, this weekend. Um, obviously it's been in Carney. They've been a great host of it. Um, any changes, anything new on the horizon people can can maybe look forward to or see it at State Duels? I think State Duels is, is um, at a good venue right now. It's at a good place. It's at a good time frame. We used to have it at the week after State, and it was kind of anticlimactic for the kind of show that we put on uh, in Omaha. But it's at a great place. Uh, the excitement part is um, some of the new teams that have got – Omaha Central. Omaha Central qualified for duels. Oops. Yep. Yep. Um, and, and there's some other new teams that have never been there either. We were making, we make signs and we keep them every year. So we, I mean, I think there's like six new schools that have never been there before. So um, that part is exciting for the fans and the communities that do that. Um, the atmosphere itself, the semifinals are usually like really loud and, and it's, it's a pretty great atmosphere. Um, and people, uh, the casual fan, they like duels better than tournaments because Every match has one of their, you know, they're watching somebody from their team wrestle every match and they can sit down and watch an hour and a half worth of everybody on their team wrestling. Whereas in the tournament, you, it's kind of here and there and you got to catch a mat, especially in Omaha. If you don't know what's going on, you better have somebody beside you that does because you'll miss it. <laughs> so, I mean, the, uh, our executive director, Jay Beller says he loves going to duels because uh, he was a superintendent of Battle Creek for 20 years. Battle Creek is a pretty tough, classy wrestling school, and they do well. And he loves going and watching just all those kids wrestle, you know, from his community. And that's how the fans are. And we are actually, I mean, we were concerned whether that venue was big enough. And it, it is, but it, it's packed. And it has some atmosphere, and it's, it's fun. It, it's, a, it's a lot of fun for those teams. I'm really glad to hear that because, you know, there uh, a few years back, we were worried about the attendance at state duels and now right. it's, it just seems to be taken off and, you know, tournament finals are awesome, but there's nothing like a duel, right? Oh yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And even if, um, even if the score is not, not, you know, close or great, it's not a tight score on the team score. You still have um, the ability to watch some good wrestling and good matchups and so forth. And the thing that's different about duels, and I'll tell you this, uh, this happened like two years ago. Um, the Class C or D schools, I can't even remember. I remember the mat that it was on, but they threw a kid out there 
and he got tech ball, but he didn't get pinned, and his team won by one point. They were the last match of the of the duel. The kid just got trounced in the match, and they had him on his shoulders. They were carrying him around the mat because he saved a team point, and that actually won the duel for him. So that's the nice thing about duels is you can kind of get some other people involved, and they can inspire your team even if they don't win. They can it can inspire some guys to wrestle, and they can they feel a part of it, and um, it's it's just different. Duels are different, and it's it's pretty fun to watch. Yeah, like if you're, you know, if you're, I don't know, if you're going for well, individuals, a little different. Like wrestle backs, or you're still team point stuff, but it it matters for the kid that maybe isn't um, gonna medal or something like that. It, it, it just a little bit different things. And with duels too, I mean, you could have um, one kid's team just, like you said, getting trounced, but you could have one match where it's the one versus two wrestler or the one versus one wrestler, um, you know? So, and then you've got both teams just on the mat. There's just, I get super pumped up for duels. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's fun to watch. Um, You want to move on maybe to um, individual because it's like you said, it's the biggest event that wrestling that we have in the state by far. Um, <laughs> I think as far as attendance and everything is concerned. Yep. All right. My, my question is this, um, if everything goes as planned, uh, meaning one individual, uh, are we ending or starting at 120 on Saturday of the state tournament? If things go as planned, you know, we, we tried that. Um, I got, mixed emotions about it and i had mixed uh comments about Mm -hmm. it Uh, i think it's probably traditionally it seems to work better when we start with the lower weights and then we end with the heavyweights so we won't change the order of weights for this year Mm -hmm. um even the guys that were potentially going for their fourth title like we have um they didn't they didn't really care to be last it wasn't a big deal for them yeah. So we'll we'll keep them in order. We'll start at 106 and and trudge through them. We'll have uh, 14 weight classes of girls mixed in with the boys, and because they're a single class, um, we'll do it like we did last year, where we'll have about three matches of boys, and then we'll have a round of girls so that'll have mm-hmm. all four mats with girls, another three matches of boys, and then um, kind of mix them in. We, last year when we only had 12 weight classes of girls it worked well because we only had three rounds now we'll have four rounds of girls uh which actually is only adding um one more round because we're going from 12 to 14 that's really Mm -hmm. only one more match total from the time frame that we had last year at state finals but it's 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 a show it's a production uh chi does a fantastic job uh, Nebraska Public Media does a fantastic job. I mean, it's their. It, I think that and football are the two highest view, viewing uh, audiences that they get throughout the year for the NSA. So, um, and we'll get. I mean, we'll sell sixty thousand tickets for for a three day tournament uh, coming to six sessions. So that I think that that's significant. That's significant for our our fan. You know, our population base. Uh, it's. I think per capita, we're probably top three in the in the country with the number of people that come watch wrestling yeah i mean if you think about it we're two million in our state and um and i know some of the other states that that are rival us their uh, population is like four or five times what ours is so per capita we do pretty well is um 
girls side and i i guess i maybe know this and maybe not everyone does but they're you're gonna have a, a separate uh announcer for nebraska public media on just a, a female presence right potentially they're they're interviewing a couple right. uh actually today and tomorrow okay. they're interviewing a couple that uh, will potentially we i've asked that we look in that direction and they were more than accommodating but they want to make sure that they put a good product up there so they're they're vetting them and making sure that they can handle it. And uh, if that if it happens and they come back next week and they say, yeah, we're going, then yes, we'll have a female commentator for the first time, which it, to my knowledge, I don't know of anybody else that has the commentator side on TV as a female for wrestling. So we want to blaze that trail. We love it. <laughs> and anything else new? Like any, you know, the smoke with the lights was a couple years ago, <laughs> the tunnels. That's well, that. By the way, that makes for an amazing photo. Um, yes. With the wrestler, I've taken some great yes. photos of dudes just standing in that smoke waiting for their name to be announced with the lights behind them. It's amazing. Reagan Rossetter had one of the coolest pictures last year. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. we we um, that's not perfect yet. We still have to get that right. <laughs> We're still working on it. We, uh, out, we have outside contractors that come in and help right. us with all that. Um, one thing that is a change, uh, we changed our schedule a little bit. I, I know last year, semifinals, it was a guess, and we calculated time frames for starting, and we were off a little bit. So we waited about a half hour before we started any festivities on Friday night. Uh, this year, um, we're going to be ahead of the game because last year we didn't even start the girls tournament until Friday morning. They're wrestling on Thursday, just like the boys. So they'll, they'll have two rounds in the books before Friday even comes around. And then, so we'll end up having less, less matches on Saturday or Friday for the girls, but we're starting a half hour earlier for those morning sessions. And we're starting an hour and a half later for the later session. So it starts instead of five o'clock, it's going to be six 30 and that will give us about a two hour gap plus less matches. So I think that we're going to have a better um, break in between there for people to get out. Cause they do want to clear the facility. They want to do want to have a chance to clean it up a little bit and then open the doors back up and, and get them back in. So that being said with that starting later, we're making some changes with our dual parade. We used to have a team dual parade of all the schools that qualified for state duels. Uh, we're taking that out. I think that's kind of ran its course. I, I started getting complaints from uh, administrators that we're just trying to, um, Make people buy tickets just yeah. because if they don't qualify and they're not a wrestler participating in the state tournament, but they were in duels, then they had to buy a ticket to get in. And we're like, well, we can't. I mean, that's 640 kids. We yeah. can't just like we don't have the seating to give away 640 tickets. Right. So I think it's ran its course. Um, I'm over people complaining about it. So <laughs> Uh, we're we're not going to do that. We are going to have uh, we're going to have a pretty cool little thing on Friday night that I'm I'm excited about. Another big name surprise. Uh, not that not <laughs> not like that, but something, that that something pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I love how he's just downplaying it, right? Yeah, I'm trying to get out of here. Thomas Gilman isn't coming out. Is that what you're saying? Not not this year, but I mean, if we he's look back good. on that. That guy comes back to an arena that booed him, tried to boo him out of the arena, hated him. <laughs> and that gave me chills when we were standing in the middle of the arena and it was a standing ovation. They couldn't even hear the announcer. People were cheering so loud. Mm -hmm. So um, what a turnaround and what, what a great thing for the state of Nebraska 
Uh, and for Thomas Gilman, especially, not that he cared that people booed him, but well-deserved uh, congratulations and, and lets people know in Nebraska that they love him and they love wrestling. Mm-hmm. And uh, he earned that. So that, that part was good. This it's year, the best um, do it. Th- this year is, is going to be something a little bit different. Uh, I've been working on something for a little while with, uh, with our, our partner truck center companies and um, I'm excited about it. It's going to be pretty cool. Look at him just downplaying this. I was like, here we go. Look at him just downplaying it. <laughs> I can't let it out, man. <laughs> hey, yeah. Coach, I, I know that this tournament is really, really stressful as it is, but I heard that Gretna has a pretty tough 126-pounder, so how much more <laughs> does that add onto your plate? It's well, – okay, co- I, coach for, I coached for 19 years at UNO, right. and then I coached Kids Club for 10 and so I have about 29, 30 years of coaching. And this is the, this is my first year not coaching. And so it's a little different. It's, it's tough to be a dad and it's tough to, I feel like I know him well. I feel like I can coach him well, but it's somebody else's turn to do it. And I find myself at times chattering at him, but it's uh, he's doing it. He's exceeding expectations too. He's doing really well as a freshman yeah. hovering it's, around 500, which yeah. at, at that weight class is uh, respectable. It seems like I was just riding around with him in a golf cart around Shoreline talking about <laughs> fantasy football at the UN, the the Maryville uh, wrestling outing. Yeah, yeah, he's he's doing well. Uh, he's doing well. He a district in 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 uh, North Platte will be. It's it's pretty tough. Yeah. He's he's won some big matches though here down the stretch. He's he's really turning it on at the right time. Yeah, thanks, thanks. I'll let him know that you said that because he's um, he's pretty down to earth about it. He's like, "Hey, I got nothing to lose." <laughs> I'm, well, I'm excited for him. I'm yeah, excited thanks. for him. Thanks. He is tough. <laughs> no, like I mean, he not like won't back down. Doesn't care, care like fearless, all of that. I know it's your kid and whatever, but like watching him wrestle the few times I have this year, I was like. That dude's gonna he's gonna be all right. Like Yeah, I think he is gonna be all right. He's he's um he's matured over the last year mm-hmm. and actually um doing the things we worked on for years and I, I can't really um fault him for a lot of things. He does it just like we had. sometimes he just gets pounded. Like he, he takes some lumps right mm-hmm. now. And uh but he he bounces back and I you know that honestly, in general, that's what I love about wrestling. You know, you mm-hmm. get you get your head knocked in a few times, but then you got to turn around and come back on that same day and show what kind of character you have and get back out there and compete and, and give it all, give leave it all on the mat. And I think he does a good job of that. You know, there's mm-hmm. some guys that struggle with that and there's some guys that are really good with that. And I think that sometimes the guys that uh, struggle with it at the beginning get better and it helps them in life. Yeah. I, I truly believe that it really helps them in life. And I, that's, one of the aspects of wrestling that I think is um, underrated and undervalued. And I, that's the part that I love about it. Mm. That's, it's one of my favorite. Well, his parent, he's got two great competitors for parents. So that, <laughs> that definitely helps. <laughs> and a sister that probably beat him up a little bit. Yeah. She's, she's competitive. She, she don't like to lose. Yeah. Is it, and how, last thing on that. And, and, and how cool would it be though, if he made it to the, individual i mean that would be yeah that would be special that'd be special it'd be 
a whole new, like, like you said, Chuck, <laughs> a whole new level of stress. You know, I mean, you, you just feel for them. You want them to, you want them to uh, meet their potential mm-hmm. and, and sometimes exceed potential, like mm-hmm. overachieve. Well, well and at, at that point, it because you know, they're an extension of you. You know, it's when they're hurting, you're hurting. When they're happy, you're happy, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. And when the you have to put it in perspective, though, and you have to channel your energy because there's too many people that feel that way so much so that they lose control of themselves. Yeah. And then they start acting um, like I don't think they'd be proud of themselves. If they were watching themselves somewhere else, they wouldn't be proud of themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that the society today that, that we really have to pay attention to and channel in. And I will tell you, one of the other things that we're really going to pay attention to is sportsmanship this year. That, my next question was going to be that, basically. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sportsmanship is a big deal. It's a big deal. And, and we're not, we're not going to put up with it. Some of the shenanigans that went on last year were unacceptable. I said it more than once that it's unacceptable and we'll deal with it appropriately. And they're not going to like the way we deal with it. If they think that they're just going to do it and be done with it and get away with it because uh, we're, we're not Um, my board of directors for the last, ever since I've been here has said, you need to get rid of the backflip. And I've defended it, defended it, defended it until they're my boss. And they said, no, it's over no more. And I said, all right. So it's not against the rules. And, and really uh, for the most part, Anywhere else, it wouldn't be unsportsmanlike, but the only penalty that we can administer for them doing a backflip is an unsportsmanlike. So we're letting them know ahead of time, you can do it, but it's going to be called unsportsmanlike. We'll take a team point if it's after the match and and move on. But the other stuff that is uh, questionable will not only be called unsportsmanlike, there's going to be some flagrant misconduct called unless, it's, unless it straightens up from what it was last year because it was unacceptable. And kids know how far is too far. It's all controllable actions. Every bit of it's controllable actions. None of it's like I slipped, you know? I mean, (laughs) yeah, they're kids, but um, there's consequences. And the coaches can hold them accountable or we can hold them accountable. So they can choose which one that is. I I was at the board meeting after following state, uh, individual state last year, and it was brought up in the board meeting about wrestling and sportsmanship and it's on tv and all that like they're very you're very much so correct um you know the problem if you you watch guys you watch um how the nfl guys act when they score a touchdown or first down or and how the uh, even the college wrestlers how they act and they don't get penalized for it and they think that you know that's kind of the way it is okay we get to do that no we don't and we're not that's different it's education-based athletic it's different it's different. It's not a professional league. We don't pay you millions of dollars to perform and entertain. You're here to compete, and we're here to give you the opportunity to do that with respect, and we're going to make sure that that respect stays there. And I think I, that's that's the key right there. It's it's okay to show emotions. 100% yes. Yeah. It's okay to celebrate. It's 100% okay to celebrate. Celebrate with your fans. Celebrate where you're, with your coaches. The problem that we were having was it was – it was taunting. It was um, showboating in front of the other crowd, in front of the other coaches, especially to the your opponent, showboating to them. Um, we're going to let them celebrate within reason, and we want them to be Just excited. Be we want the crowd to be excited. Absolutely. We don't want to take that enthusiasm away, but we are going to um, call it 
if it if it happens and it's disrespectful, we're not gonna we won't allow it. It's like a like a parent. <laughs> well, I think and I think that's more than fair. Yeah, I think that's more than fair. And, you know, and if they know going into it that that's the way it's going to be, I, I'll take that conversation anytime with a coach. I know, I know one thing uh, that you don't have to worry about on the girls' side is a lack of sportsmanship because <laughs> if they pin someone, they're like hugging and like all that stuff like immediately. And I just I find that just fascinating. It <laughs> is. It is. It's, it's a different atmosphere. All right. We had officials go do our girls district and he said it was the most exciting thing that he did all year. Yeah. He said, you can send me back to a girls district anytime. <laughs> so it's and speaking of our girls districts, talk about there's going to be some tough districts out there. Oh. There's going to be some some hammers, you know, there's going to be some. But it's kind of luck of the draw because some weights are really tough in some districts and some are not at all in that same district. So it's difficult. It's not like you can separate um, basketball teams because they play as a team and they win and lose only as a team. It's not an individual performance. It's difficult to split up all those people uh, when you when you're doing teams. But I think that we've done the best that we can. It will get better now that we have this many teams with uh, a number of quality girls in there. And when we distribute districts, it'll be better it'll distribute it a little bit better. I mean, we have Norfolk going all the way out to Bridgeport. I mean, and, but if they, if Norfolk looked at the Fremont district, though, they would probably say, Oh, we'll go to Bridgeport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Is I should ask and we're going to talk about duels and this is brought up. I don't know why, like people talking about on Twitter and everything was uh, the people feel slighted that their team didn't make the state duels. Um, has there been any discussion or what about re or reseeding using head to head criteria for duels? Uh, not to my knowledge. I mean, it typically works out pretty well for 90% of it. There's going to be some teams that, that, that seventh and eighth position that somebody got in and somebody didn't, there's always some grumbling about that, but at the same time, I haven't heard anything that's better. I haven't heard anything that that would help us qualify better. As far as seeding, uh, we would have to come up with a, a system to do that. Not that we couldn't, because we certainly have time. We have a week to do it from the time they finish their last competitions right. till the time we wrestle again. We could certainly do that. But then you're talking about um, an algorithm and – uh, because I don't want it to be, it, it can't be a, a 32 team seating meeting, you know, where everybody's, you know, pitch, pitching their, I mean, check, you remember the Yodel days when they did that, <laughs> they didn't end up in fist fights. I, That's I one remember, of the reasons we went to just straight algorithm. I, I remember wrestling and just waiting, like, you know, when I was a kid younger, like, okay, where am I going to get, hopefully my coach sticks up for me and gives me a better seat or whatever in this tournament on a Saturday, regular. Day. Those things could last an hour, yeah. hour and a half. And you got a coach coming out with a shirt untucked and his hair <laughs> everywhere. And now they take like 10, 15 minutes and it's mm -hmm. just, that's that. And, I mean, and we, we, we did some comparisons from seating meetings uh, prior to using the algorithm and we were like 62% more accurate. It was mm -hmm. ridiculous, like how much more closely the seeds came out to the way that they, they placed. And so it, is it perfect? No. Otherwise, we would just say, all right, you're, you know, you're rated number one. We'll send you the first place medal. Yeah. You know, you got to get in there. You got to compete. You got to show up when it counts. Um, I will say that uh, our legislative process, and, and I'm, I'm confident with the way the voting went in, in um, 
November and January that we will next year seed the four district hosts or the four district champs at, at every weight, which will be um, really what you're trying to do when you see that, because then you fall into the same kind of formula that we use now. There's 24 different scenarios when you seed one through four in all those different placements. So there's four, 24 different formulas. And when that happens, um, we'll separate uh, probably one and two, one and two, one and three. They'll, they'll def probably be on the opposite side, which will mean that they'll meet in the finals instead of the semifinals. But to be honest with you, there's a lot of people that like like the fact that they meet in the semifinals because it makes semifinals that much more exciting too. Well, and, and you know, if you see the top four, there's really no argument. Don't lose at districts. Yep. Yeah, but I I will say this, and it I this is you know 1998 when I was a senior in high school. Um, was this when you beat Ryan Terry? Totally did not. <laughs> Shut up. Um, <laughs> I don't know why you keep going back to that. Um, he did throw me in the headlock a couple times though. Um, Shot was was guys though. It, so uh, I don't know if you remember Grant Sather was a guy really good wrestler. Yeah, he and wrestled he, for us. Yeah, he was 125 in Miller North. I was 125 and went to Ralston. He had a shoulder his senior year, my senior year, same year. Maybe it was junior year, him, whatever. But he had a shoulder. So he makes it to the district final. And this was the old seeding way, right? So makes it to the district final and then doesn't wrestle the championship. So he's second in his district. And I got third in my district. Um, and... I ended up with the dude that won the state title, even though he got second in his district right out of the gate. And I was like, dude, like, really? You know, like, I mean. I think my feeling on that, though. Right. Is so, like, do you have, are you worried about people kind of Jimmy in the system a little bit, you know? No, because they don't know. I mean, no, I, I, I don't. Most of most of the time it, it takes care of itself. I mean, right. those guys want to win their district title. Right. And we yeah, have. If they Unless know they have more to lose now, too. If they're nursing an injury or something, though, that's what that's all I'm getting. Could I mean look at the Big Russell. Ten finals? Look, look how look how many guys a medical forfeited out of the Big Tens, and yeah. it was like NCAA is looking like all right, we got to do something different. Yeah, now. Was, yeah. yeah, you know, I mean they're already in the tournament; they don't think that it'll affect their seat, so they just say, nah, "I'm not wrestling that one," right? Which is, I don't know. I have mixed feelings on it. I understand from the coach's side that they don't want to get somebody hurt, but at the same time. Uh, it doesn't do be. it's not very good for wrestling right it's not yeah and that's my opinion right and well i agree because it happened <laughs> to me i guess anyway mm -hmm. no all right chuck you got anything else i'm good this, this has been great it's our uh like i said our annual um we, we can call this annual once a year long yeah. conversation and i could i could have talked for another hour you know it's whenever yeah. coach higgins around you know it's 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 always just a great time to talk wrestling and um you know i i want to thank you for everything that you do for the sport because i think that you've really elevated a big reason why wrestling in nebraska has elevated you know youth all the way up to high school um you know i as i've told you before you've done a lot for me so i really appreciate that and uh you know ooze. <laughs> Thanks. I, you're probably giving me a little too much credit, but I, I'm glad to be where I'm at. I think that I, I feel like at U, when we were at UNO that we had an impact on wrestling in the state. And this has allowed me to stay involved with the sport that I love. And I think 
I have made an impact. I, I think that, um, but I have great support. I mean, the coaches support me, the, the wrestlers, that, although they don't know who I am, that they do a good job. They put their heart and soul into it. And um, it's, it's a passion for me. It's been those kids in my life. Those kids don't remember watching Steve Mako and Les Sigmund at mid at 1230 in the field house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are, those are, that's a whole nother podcast right there. And that's right. <laughs> they weren't even alive back then. So yeah, I, I appreciate you guys and the coverage that you guys give wrestling. I think that uh, the outlet that people have the opportunity to hear information is valuable and they otherwise wouldn't have that opportunity to, to hear some of the things that are going on behind the scenes. And uh, it, it astonishes me sometimes when you get on social media and they they make the comment, like, did they even think about this? Like, they made this decision. Like, it's like, Oh my gosh, if you only knew yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's uh, a labor of love for me. And I'm fortunate to be involved with people like you guys. And, and I really appreciate all that you do for not only wrestling, Mike, I mean, you do a lot for high school sports and, and it's noticeable and it's uh, you can tell people know who you are and they, they, they watch, they want to see what you, what kind of product you put out there. So kudos to you and, and Chuck for um, rehabbing your knee and being ready for the next, <laughs> the next outing. It, I will offer my coaching services to you. I'm retired. I'm retired. <laughs> Never again. Maybe yeah. we can get Jimmy out there. Oh, good luck. <laughs> I, I think I'm just going to go out being the people's champ and never wrestle again. I think that that's a wise that's, choice. It's probably the best idea for yeah. all of us. <laughs> all right. Um, thank you for the kind words. I got a little emotional there because it um, means a lot. So absolutely appreciate it. Um, Okay, well, see you uh, in a couple weeks, if not this weekend. Absolutely. Have a great night, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yep. Okay, thank you. Goodbye. A Herd at Sports Network production.